So, Father, we do come before you this morning. We give you all the praise and the glory. We're so thankful, Father, for your word, your spoken word. We thank you, Lord, for your written word. And, Lord, we uh, open up our ears this morning to hear what you would have us to say, what you would have us to hear. And um, we thank you, Father God. We trust in your ability to help us every step of the way. We thank you, Father, for the anointing that doesn't just break the yoke, it destroys the yoke. It cannot be placed back together. So, Father, we thank you for your presence that's here. He's already here. The Holy Ghost is already here. We just flow with him. We lean to him. We ask him for his help today because we can't do anything apart from you anyway. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And we won't leave here the same way we came in. Amen? We're going to receive all that the Lord has for us. I'm already blessed. Worship and prayer and the song exhortation i'll tell you what so you know we ne- we're never naked because we're clothed with jesus amen, amen. let's go ahead and, and uh, let's turn to second timothy chapter three the pastor was touching on this and uh pastor marnie was but i feel uh, we were talking about this this morning and uh i know this is for somebody this is not what i was really going to minister on but the lord wants this to be ministered on um the whole chapter is excellent, and it really encourages me. I want it to encourage you because, you know, as, as children of God, as believers, we need to be lovers of the truth. And have you noticed that not everybody is a lover of the truth? The world, um, your neighbors, maybe your family, maybe your coworkers, and you try to share. And, you know, it's, it can be frustrating um, and we just don't want to preach it. We want to live it. Amen. Amen. But, um, and the Lord's there to help us to live it, but, and we endeavor to live it, but it doesn't mean we arrive and we're perfect before we can teach it because that means that we're Jesus and we're not, but he is here to help us. We are talking about this form of persecution because pastor was talking just about that, you know, and, and it covers here the whole essence of second Timothy chapter three it says right there, 12, verse 12, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So, you know, sometimes you feel alone. You may feel like there's nobody there for you. You may feel abandoned. Well, Paul was alone when he his journey ended. Jesus, except for his disciples, actually abandoned him. He didn't have anybody. Now they all, I think all of them, all of them, uh, died, um, and suffered for Jesus. They were tortured except for the, for John. But I guess being alone on, you know, you're deserted on an aisle can be torturous. I don't know if there's anybody there. Somebody had to retrieve what he wrote there, the book of revelation and, uh, the gospel of John. But the point is, is that Jesus knows what you're going through. He knows what you're going through. You might feel alone. The devil will tell you you're alone. Nobody understands. Nobody cares. Nobody can identify with it. You might be suffering maybe in your business, maybe on the work site. You might have persecution. And, uh, and you say, well, that's just, you know, that's just getting kind of spiritual. Well, guess what? <laughs> Newsflash. <laughs> you are a spirit being. You live in a spirit world. And um, I'm not going to move around much. I'm just going to probably stand here. Pastor likes to go and float, and I'd probably do that a little bit more if I was more mobile. But um, 
but understand this, that, uh, when it comes to the things of God, you know, you may not put a title on it. You may not say to yourself, Oh, that was a word of knowledge. Oh, that was a word of wisdom. I'm going to go to the store. You don't pick up any milk and you come back home and maybe somebody else purchased the milk. You just pass it off. You're just like, oh, okay, I'm glad I didn't get it. You know, that's good. That was a word of wisdom operating. So you're like, I want to be used by God. I want to be used by him. And I want it. I want, you know, the anointing to be dripping off my hair. Like, you know, the oil is dripping off Aaron's beard. You know what I'm saying? And you want the gold finger to write on the wall. Good stuff though. Good stuff. And you want people to recognize it. But you know what? Sometimes we miss the really small things. Of what the Lord's doing in your life, in you and through you. And, and we, we don't want to pass those things off. But I just want to encourage you with this whole chapter here. I don't, I was going to read it, but I thought that's kind of long. But I just want you to meditate on this that it starts off with the very first verse saying, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. They're promised. Now, I don't believe everything's over right now with, uh, everything that's going on politically. But we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. A lot of people have thrown in the towel. Now, one thing is, I will say this, and we've said this before, and it bears repeating. The Lord expects you to be a lover of the truth. If this election was won fair and square, which it wasn't, there's evidence. There's like, like evidence that was thrown out. Federal courts didn't hear it. That's where you have to really guard your heart and not get really mad and angry. There is a righteous indignation. I will tell you that we have to be lovers of truth, but, um, you know, there's certain people that will never be my president. I'm, you know, and I'm not, I, you know, I'm not ashamed to say that. If they want it fair and square with a fair an election, you know, and the voting system was all fair and square, that'd be one thing. So we have to be lovers of truth, but we also have to recognize the truth that works for us when people are persecuting you. And, and you think, don't just pass it off. Well, you know, how come everybody's doing good to them? They're not doing good to me. And how come they're out to attack me? And what's going on today? And what's happening with this? And, or the devil might be coming to you. Remember, he stands before the Lord and day and night and accuses you before the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Day and night. They're in the book of Revelation. And, and the, you know, the Bible's, it doesn't, it doesn't spare, um, it doesn't parse its words on what's really happening. So we have to recognize, first of all, what's happening. So the enemy can't take advantage of you or me. And, and then we can be bold in the things of God and we can step out in the things of God because when you recognize who your enemy is, then you know how to prepare for them. Yeah. You know, you had, you know how to prepare for them and, and how to stand against them. So it's not a matter of ignoring the devil. We have to resist him. So learning all this and saying all this to, you know, the Lord knows what you're going through. He, he's seated, you know, he's seated, uh, next to the father God and he ever liveth to make intercession for the saints. So one thing is, you know, again, the devil's a liar. So if he says nobody's praying for you, that's a false, that's, you know, that's, that's falsehood. That's a lie. And, um, because you've got saints praying for you, but Jesus is praying for you. He's interceding for you. He knows you. So when you're at the depths of the depths, when you're hopeless and despairing, but I will say this last year was really an awesome year. We really had an awesome year and we had some really traumatic things happen that we didn't really share with people. Um, you know, uh, persecution and you know what? 
I had a great year <laughs> to the glory of God because I don't look to this person. I don't look to that thing. I don't look to this area. I don't look to this circumstance. My eyes are on Jesus. And the more you press in, the more this stuff will just slough off of you. You know, you think about the ducks out here, you know, they can spend all day in the water, but that water doesn't penetrate to them in through their, their feathers, uh, to drown them or to, you know, pull them down because there's an oil in their feathers. It causes that water to beat up into slough off. Well, that's what happens when you're in the things of God and you're pressing in and you want, you know, you say, I want all that God has for me. I know this year is going to be the best year yet. You say, even though we're in COVID-19 or maybe COVID-20, and even though these people are in charge, and even though this this um, DNA vaccine's out there, and they're trying to push it down our throats, and even though they can't, you know, fly through those executive orders fast enough to, you know, perpetrate evil, well, I, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> because my trust is in the Lord. That's who your trust is in. Don't let these things affect you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And I'm the, I'm not just here to, you know, I'm not here as a motivational speaker this morning, except to motivate you in the things of God and in the word of God. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. If you've never kept your eyes on Jesus before, you have to keep them on now. Now, the temptation might be there. And I'll just put it out there to develop maybe habit or go back to old habits, maybe drinking or smoking or doing drugs or maybe smoking weed or, you know, the devil will come to all of us and try to do that and tempt us. Maybe do this, you know, maybe escape from reality. Don't do it. Don't go that route. Don't weaken. Don't buckle your knees to him. You just say, you know what? I resist you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. My trust is in the Lord. I don't know how this is all going to work out, but all I know is that everything's working out for my good. Because my trust is in the Lord. You know, the Bible says there in Romans eight twenty eight, and all things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. But you have to do the other verses. You have to do verses eight twenty six and 27. And what does that say here? We go ahead and turn there real quick. And I got one hand operating here. I'm holding this other one here. So that likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. We just said that, right? But the spirit itself, the Holy ghost himself maketh intercession for us. Remember Jesus is as well with groanings, which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You are not alone. You have the majority. There be more with you than there be more with them. But you can't see them. But that's what faith is all about. So praise God for that. Now, just to pivot here a little bit to encourage, you know, like I said, uh, don't feel bad either. Don't feel bad when, you know, you share something, you share truth and people don't receive it. They reject it. They resist it. Or they don't have anything more to do with you had that happen this last year and even this year you know what it's like i'm sorry i can't apologize for truth now how we deliver the truth is important you know being in love walking in love 
uh, not being angry, not being frustrated, not be upset. You know, like my, what was it? My father-in-law used to say, you know, you make it, you know, you make a speech when you're angry or tired and the, that'll be a speech that you probably regret. So we have to be careful that you don't get caught up in the emotion of the hour. We have to stay steady. And you say, well, how do I do that? You say, well, thank you, Lord. I'm balanced in the things of God. I'm balanced. Lord, help me to be balanced. Spirit, soul, mind, and body. And part of that balance is going to come through the word of God. Because the word of God will transform your mind. Romans 12. You'll know what the perfect will of the Father is. You'll know what it'll be your reasonable service. He doesn't ask you to do anything that that is impossible except to trust him for that. So we trust in his ability to help us. One thing I wanted to... Uh, mention here for this year, I want to encourage you to speak and to see for this year. You say, well, speak what? What do you want your future to hold for you this year? What do you want God to do for you this year? He is able, he is willing. And what we press into is what he will deliver to us. Right. You know, you think about, you think about Abraham was approached by, you know, was told by the Lord. He was called Abram at the time and Sarai before she became Sarah. And God told him that you're going to be the father of many nations. Your seed is going to be more than the, you know, the sands on the shore. And Sarah, which means queen of princes before she was just, you know, the queen of the prince. But the Lord changed their name to accommodate what he had told them. But there was a walk of faith for them before they really took hold of, you know, they believe God, but they had to contend for what was spoken to them. And there's a contending that has to take place when we are pressed in for the things of God. Uh, and uh, let's look at Jude. There's only one chapter in Jude, but let's go ahead and turn there, if you would, with me, please. And let's look at verse... Uh, um, actually, I'm going to start with verse one. So, um, Jude says here, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and the father of James to them that are sanctified by God, the father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Okay. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved. When I gave all diligence to write unto you <clears throat> of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you. And to exhort to you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. So it, make, it makes it sound like he was going to start to write something else. But he says, it's, it's really important that I write this to you. I write this to you. That you earnestly contend for what was once delivered to the saints. Why do you have to contend for something if you have no resistance? You don't. Right? If pastor hands me the keys and he says, I need you to go out to the car and get something for me. He just hands me the keys. I take them. But if he's at the back of this building and let's just say there's chairs laying all over the place and there's rolls of carpet, I'd have to persevere to get to him to get those keys from him. Wouldn't I It'd be an obstacle course, especially for me right now, I'd have to contend to get to him to receive what he had for me. And the same thing for you today, that if the Lord's promised you something, it's not, a lot of times it's just not going to fall off like ripe cherries off of a tree. And I think that's where we, we can hurt our faith and we can be discouraged or be disappointed. It's like, God, I really thought that was going to happen. What happened? 
And sometimes we even take matters in our own hands, like, like Abraham did, you know, Sarah came to him and says, this is not happening fast enough. So we're going to give God options to help us, you know, instead of it happening through Sarah, it's going to happen through the servant. That wasn't God's plan. They preempted God's plan with their plan because he wasn't moving fast enough. And part of that plan is uh, there's an appointed time that God moves in our life. And we have to, there's where we have to mix faith and patience. And that's why we inherit the promises of God, because it's not just faith. Well, I, you all have faith. Right. You wouldn't be born again if you didn't have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It only takes a, the size of a mustard seed to please God. Right? Just that, just that size. But there's a contending that we have to do. If somebody promises you something and they say, I'm going to get this to you, but there's certain things you have to do. There's certain things you have to do. I need you to do this and this and this. Don't you think you're going to do that if it's easy and if it's reasonable? And maybe you have to make an effort, but you're going to do it because you want to receive what they have for you. Amen. Amen. So it's important that what do you want the Lord to do for you this year? Pastor was saying, he was touching on it a little bit earlier. Can you see yourself starting a new business this year? You say, well, but what about COVID? I don't, it doesn't, our faith is not based on things. It's based on God's word. When you, it's not based on COVID. When you get into the word of God, you know, and you press in, what has God said to you through his word? But what has he spoken to you personally about your life? He said, well, I'm not sure. Then take an evaluation. Let's go ahead and let's turn to Habakkuk. This is really good. And then this is not just for the start of the year. I think this is good any time of the year to revisit these things. Because uh, when you write things down, <clears throat> there's something about writing something down. There's something about writing something down. Okay? So Habakkuk chapter 2 and uh, verse 2 says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that, ye, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Remember, it's about the Lord's timing. But we do our part. We can't do his part and he can't do our part. If we're persevering, we're contending for that, you have a resistance. Give up. Give in. You know, everything that... I'll just make this about money. Everything we did, we've done. Starting the church. Get in our home. We didn't have the money to do it. It didn't matter though, because God told us to do it. God found the place for us to live. And when he found us the place, and do you think it just came easy? It was miracle after miracle. Because God's faithful. He told us we had to contend for it though. We could have given up when certain people said, sorry, you have no money. I got laid off. Guess what? God, our trust is in the Lord. He came through every time. He has an appointed time. His timing is perfect. We have to trust in his timing and his ability. But see right there in verse 2, it says, Write the vision, make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. So what happens if you don't write it down? What happens if I was going to build a house and I don't have blueprints? It's kind of hard to run with something you don't have them written down you you don't have a visual of something that you can say okay and this is what i need to do next oh that's where that's at oh those are the measurements for that room 
Oh, I got to do this first. Those are the blueprints for your life. Those are the blueprints to help you to master what you're going to do. So when you write it down, I would encourage you make a list for this year. What do I want the Lord to do for me for 2021? Spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially. Why? Because you know what? Then you can look at the end of the year and you can say, glory to God. Look at everything I contended for and look what the Lord delivered because I wrote it down and his promises are true. His promises are yea and amen. He's not a man that he should lie, but you know what? He's done all these things for us. We have to take hold of it though. We have to contend for it. Do you right? Re- do you realize that? Okay. So Sarah and, and Abraham didn't think Sarah and Abram didn't think that God was moving fast enough. So they took matters in their own hands. Here's Hagar. You're going to have a child through Hagar. And guess what? You know, God spoke to Abraham about it. He didn't speak to Sarah about Sarai about it. He spoke to him about it, but she decided to get involved, even though she was, she was going to be part of that component of God performing his will for their lives. But she decided to change the options of what God told him directly to do. That's dangerous. And look what's happened ever since then. Okay. My family on my mom's side is Middle Eastern. I could tell you story after story. They were the first refugee family to come over here in 1955. They were, um, they were sponsored by a host family here from the United States. They were covered in the June 27, 1955 issue of Life magazine. They followed them around. They were a Palestinian family. My mom and, and my, grand, my grandparents were actually Armenian and Assyrian. Uh, but so they kind of, they weren't Jews. Uh, at the time, they were not born again. Uh, they were Greek Orthodox, um, and uh, they weren't really Palestinians, even though my grandfather's Assyrian. So there's a difference between Syrian and Assyrian. But my mom uh, and her sisters, my mom's the oldest, um, during the, the war of 1948, my grandfather had just built a home, and they had to flee. And when they fled, uh, they came back to Jerusalem, that's where my mom was living at the time, and their house was taken over by a Jewish family. And she said, Ariel Sharon has given us this home. This is no longer your home. They lost everything at least twice. And they, uh, there was a lot of bitterness there. Uh, my mom used to be chased by Muslim boys, and they would throw rocks at her head, and they'd come banging on the door, and they asked for a dowry. They'd say, you're gonna, you know, your daughter's going to marry my son. And my grandfather said, no way, nothing doing. There was a lot of, there was a lot of torment. There was a lot of harassing and all these different things. Then they were going to come over here to the States. They were hosted. Everything that they were promised did not come through for them. Um, they made it sound like they never had ice cream before. My mom's like, we were raised in an American school. You know, we were quite educated and, but they made it sound like we've never had ice cream. We've never had all these different things before. And, um, they would leave them at night and they'd leave like a banana in the refrigerator. All the TV crews would leave. And she says, we had nothing. The job that my grandfather was promised came to naught. but you know what? He persevered. And just a few short years later, my mom and my met my dad and they were born again and a Billy Graham crusade and the course of their life changed 
forever. And the rest of the family all got born again. Everybody that came over from the old land. So my mom could look back and she was sending me some pictures yesterday, reminiscent of the flight. It was very wearisome uh, coming over. You know, it's not nothing like today. And there was a lot of heartache and I could see it on their faces in these pictures. And I could tell she was just brokenhearted. She said, I didn't, you know, my sister sent these to me, my aunt. But you know what I said, mom? Aren't you glad you're here? Aren't you glad you're here? Would you ever want to go back? It's really difficult right now over there. You know, there's a lot of turmoil, but I said, aren't you glad the land of opportunity where we have our freedoms and we have our liberties, God ordered your steps. And I said, yes, you have the memories, but thank God, God changed the direction of your life. And that's what God does. You know, we can look back and say, well, I had, I had abuse or I had this or I had that. And you know, maybe you did, but God's a healer of the brokenhearted. He makes all things new. Every year, every day is a fresh start for him, for you. Do you really believe that? You can change your DNA by what you say. You can change your DNA by what you say. So when you write these things down, you write it upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. You can run with something when you've got it written down. You can implement it. And it's really important that that we take hold of God's word that was written down for us. How would you like it if somebody just shared it all verbatim, for, you know, <laughs> verbally for you? And you're like, it's like, to me, it's like, um, well, that's good. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word, word of God. There's a rhema word, but we need the logos word. And, and I kind of sometimes, you know, have you ever, maybe you're not built this way, but this is just my makeup. But if somebody tries to teach me mathematics over the phone, I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. You're going to have to show that to me. You're going to have to write it down. You're going to have to explain it to me because that's just something I have to see. So when you write the vision down for yourself, then you can run with it and others can run with it. That's why we have our vision up here. We have it on our bulletin. We have it on there so you can run with it. What we're all about, the tenets of faith, what we stand, what we believe God for. And you know what? If these people out here, if they really knew what we taught, they'd, this place would be packed out. If they knew the life that was in this building. If they knew the flow of the Holy Ghost. They knew they could have hope for today. They don't have to put their hope in things or in people or in circumstances or in their jobs or in their ability to help themselves or their skill or their talent. Thank God for all those things. But we don't put our trust in those things. Like we were talking about last week, we put our trust in the Lord. Amen. We can't trust God. He says he's a jealous God. Capital J. I'm a jealous God and there's no other. And you're not going to have anything in my place. Okay, Lord. Because you know what? We'll pay the price. If we say we, we sell it to you, Lord. But if there's, the, let's just say this is the first seat. But I give this first seat maybe to my kids. Or I give it to people. Or family. Or my job. Or my hobby. God wants this first. He wants this. This is his seat. And sometimes we don't get the things in life that we're looking for because we don't, we're not giving him our best, you know? So this is a good time to evaluate. What am I doing? What should I be doing? What am I not doing that I should be doing? What I am, what am I doing that I shouldn't be doing? And then vice versa. What could I be doing? You know, we get before the Lord. I want to hear from heaven. I'm going to take hold of God's ankles. 
so to speak. And I want to hear from heaven. What do you, Lord, I need to hear from heaven. I need a fresh supply for this year. What am I supposed to do? I don't want to do the same old, same old. If you don't like your life, get before the Lord, change it up. He's got a fresh supply for you. We just sang it. He's more than enough. He's got it. He's, he's El Shaddai, the God of plenty. But we have to ask him because he loves us. He cares about us. He loves you. He cares about you. He wants the best for you. But we have to contend for it. So guess what happened? For 13 years, God did not say anything more to Abraham and Sarah. Abraham still trusting. But then finally God came to him and said, that child is going to come out of your loins. Out of your bowels. You can't make it happen. It's good. He's going to come out of your bowels. Not your options. And if he would have just stood with that, but you know what happened within that year? Then he changed their name. So every time they, they, he changed their name, they'd be calling each other. Abraham, father of many nations. Blessed is the seed. Father of many. Father of multitudes. Every time they called each other that, they didn't realize what they're doing. They're calling those things that be not as though they were. Romans 4, 17. What are you calling? That's contending, earnestly contending for what God's delivered to you, delivered to me. It's not going to, you know, we just think, oh, it's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. Well, some things do, but God, it's about our faith really pressing in. We have to earnestly contend for the faith, not earnestly contend for my finances, not earnestly contend for this or that. We have to earnestly contend for the faith because everything comes out of that faith. Everything. Your finances, your future, your success, everything's going to come out of that faith. Because everything's trying to steal that faith from you. The world, bad reports, bad supervisors, hard people to work with, hard family members to get along with. They're always trying to steal it from you. You have to guard and protect and you have to put a just a hedge of protection around that. Say, oh, I know what the devil's trying to do here. I'm suffering because I'm trying to live godly. The Lord's promised me this. I got to contend for it. And I encourage you, ignore it. When people are persecuting you, ignore it. So how can I do it? You just do it. I did it yesterday. (laughs) I laughed and then I was sad. But then I laughed again and then I was sad. Sad for them, but I laughed because the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's like, I'm glad I know what I know. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm in America. I'm so thankful for the truth. The Bible says to, what, to buy the truth and sell or not. Proverbs 23, 23. Doesn't that what the Bible says? Sell or not. How do you sell her? I'm going to give it away. Persecution's too great. Oh, gosh. I don't like anybody not liking me. Now, maybe the men don't feel that way. Maybe they do. I feel that way a lot. And I have to stand against it. It's like, well, Jesus loves me. I, I think you all love me. My husband loves me. See, the devil's a liar already right there. So, no, we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord, right? We were talking about that last week as well. But faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If David had to encourage himself in the Lord, when everybody was for him, he's the greatest thing next to sliced bread. And then all of a sudden, they blame him. For everybody being taken in their city, when they come back to the city, it's like, oh, we're going to kill you now. 
Everybody turned on him. He had nobody and nothing except he had the Lord. And the Lord gave him a plan because he sought the Lord. As long as you sought the Lord, as we seek the Lord, we will be made to prosper. So getting back to Abraham and Sarah. Within a year, she has a baby boy. Do you think they did some contending? I think they really took hold of it. It doesn't mean they weren't in faith, but there's a contending. There's a persevering to get to what God has for you because there is resistance. But don't, but you know what? We were born for such a time as this. You know, this is, this is a strong man's gospel. Christianity isn't, isn't for the weak. It's not for the weak. It's for the wise. It's for the ones that are sold out to Jesus and God. He loves you. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. He wants to see it fulfilled in your life for this year. Not in the by and by and whatever that happens. And when my kids get older, when I'm older, no, right now, you know, God's telling Abraham these promises. He's 75 years old. That should really encourage us. You know, God's got a plan. What is his plan for you? Seeking him, asking him, waiting on the Lord, wait on the Lord, be patient for him. The Bible says, and as we persevere in the things of God, he guess what? All that's going to manifest. He answers us asking. It shall be given seeking. You shall find knock and the door shall be open for any man that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth. So what are you seeking from the Lord this year? Write it down. Bring it before him. Get into agreement with your spouse. Get into agreement with a family member. Say, you know what? Believe with me. I want to see all these things happen. I've done it. And you know what? The Lord loves specifics. Get specific. You say, well, how do... Get specific. I can go to the mall and I can believe God for a parking spot. And I can get any parking spot. But if I want one on the end because I don't want to have door dings and I don't want to park two miles away... I might have to be a little bit more patient to find that in spot, but I will get it. It always happens. So you, the Lord, see when, when you ask specifically, then you really know that the Lord has answered that for you too. Cause God can, he doesn't really answer generalities. Yeah. General faith. You know, you're like, how do I know it was God? Well, it could have been circumstance and coincidence and there are no coincidences in the Lord. I believe that. But, um, but get specific. What are you believing God for? What do you want him to do for you this year? Then contend for it. And don't, and put a hedge of protection around it. Why do we lock our doors to keep things and bad people out? Put a lock on your faith door. Don't let anybody steal it from you. Don't let anybody take it from you. Keep your joy, keep your love. Faith worketh by love. Right now, it's like, stay off Facebook sometimes. Because what gets me upset is is when I know the truth. That's what gets me upset. I I don't really care about somebody getting angry and mad. People are like, this is not what this is for. You know, let's just be quiet and let's just shut our mouth and let's just go forward. It's like, nope. Not me. <laughs> so it's my, it's my time to stay off Facebook. You know, I got to put a guard on my lips. 
you know, because I don't like unrighteousness. I don't like injustices. And yes, we need to be that way about everything. And there's some people that are given to that in one area more than another, right? You can be really strong in faith, maybe in one area, and, and then you have to develop your faith in another area. Okay. So none of us have arrived in all areas, but we, that's why we help each other. Iron sharpens iron and we have to pray and we have to believe God. We have to be praying for our leadership for this country. All right. Because we can complain about it, but we need to be praying. We need to be praying and praying. We don't stop praying and praise God. We got a lot to pray about that never runs out. But, you know, I want to, I just want to leave you with those things here. Write your vision down. What do you want the Lord to do for you this year? Commit it to him and then contend for it. Contend for the things of God for your life. Because if you're not seeing them happen as fast, are you contending? You know, I can say, boy, I need to pull up the slack there a little bit. Okay. Um, one thing is, uh, I don't know why this came to me, but I'll just share this example. Nick Valinda, Valinda, the tightrope walker, the Valinda family, the famous Valindas. His grandfather was walking a tightrope back in, I don't know, was it the fifties or sixties or seventies or something in between two buildings. He fell off of it. And you know why? There was too much slack in that line. So when Nick walks those tight ropes in between buildings or over a volcano or over the grand Canyon, his dad does it all. He, he somebody you obviously got to trust your life with, but he knows what to do. He knows how much bounce there has to be in that line. I always like to watch it after the fact because it really causes me to, I'm praying like I'm never praying in so fast in tongues before. You know, it's like, Lord help. But he's, he's a born again Christian. And if you listen to him, they put a live mic on him and what a witness. Thank you, Jesus. I'm trusting you. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthen me. Thank you, Father God. I, I trust in your ability. Ooh, the wind's picking up a little bit. Yep. I see the line. Yep. 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 Daddy. I see what I'm doing. I see dad. I'm trusting you, dad. Yep. But I'm trusting the Lord. Okay. Dad, don't talk to me right yet. Okay. It's amazing. But there's no slack in that. There's just enough suspension. And we sometimes we have to pull up the slack in our lives. Okay? And it's okay, you know, because we have to make correction. That's what the Word of God is there for, is to help us and to correct us and to inspire us and motivate us. And uh, I trust that's, you know, what was done for you this morning. But, you know, we, we none of us have arrived, but we are getting there. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. It's how you persevere through those that live. Godly will suffer persecution and resistance, but there's a perseverance that God has called you to do and to be this day. And you are an example to others. People are watching you. You may not feel like it, but recognize that they are your family members are watching you. Your friends, your neighbors are watching you. So be that example to them. Be Jesus to them. And you know what? There's times I just don't talk about problems. I only talk to the Lord about them. And then I make, I make my adjustment really quick because I think, does God want to hear all that all the time? He can't, he can't work in that. That's not the realm of faith. 
doubt and unbelief. You say, well, why did this happen to me? That was not fair. That should have never happened. I can't change what has happened, but I can change what is going to happen. Yesterday, it hit my stomach. It was like, I thought, that doesn't, that doesn't feel like what I just ate. That feels like, ooh, that feels like the flu trying to come on me. And I thought, oh, no, you don't, devil. No, you don't. And I, I, I started resisting that. I didn't even enter into the realm of thought. I did not even hesitate. I said, no, you don't. I'm not getting sick. I don't have the flu and I'm not getting COVID in Jesus name. Cause he's like, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if the fear? It's like, no, 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 no. Resist it. Resist it. Steadfast in the faith. First Peter five, seven and eight. We got to resist whom he resists steadfast in the faith, in the faith, in the faith, in Jesus, in Jesus. You resist that sickness. You say, praise God. I'm the healed of the Lord. And you got to work it out. Amen. And guess what? God always delivers. He always arrives. He always comes through. Don't give up. We can't change what's happened. Remember the devil. No, he hath but a short time. He's going to try to take you out. He comes to steal, kill and destroy, but don't let him. You might have, you might have some bruises. You might have a little, you know, you know, war wounds, little scarring, but guess what? We persevered. And we're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We don't just come limping over the finish line. Let's, let's walk. Let's run over that finish line saying, thank you, Jesus. Strong in you. You know, sometimes we can be battle weary. Happens to all of us. That's why the devils want you to lay aside and give up. But I like something that Pastor Hagen used to say and still says, I will not be defeated and I will not quit. Sorry, I'm living out my life, devil, until I'm satisfied. You aren't going to take me out with nothing and nobody, and I don't care what you bring my way. I'm going over the top for Jesus, and I'm not just getting along. I'm having an excellent year. This is the best year yet. COVID and all, bring it on, devil. So I just want to encourage you all with that. Praise God. Be strong Amen. in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. Say that with me. I am strong. I am strong. In the Lord. In the Lord. And in the power. In the power. Of his might. Of his might. I am strong in the Lord. I am strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. And in the power of his might. And that must be my cue. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, praise God. Woo-hoo. Well, the Lord's good, isn't he? Amen. That's a fantastic word. Glory to God. Take hold of that. 